Hey everybody, real quick, before we get started, I want to tell you about my newsletter, Build Something Weekly, which you can sign up for over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. There are only a few weeks left in the year, and in 2021, I am going to be rolling out a lot of great new stuff. It's going to be focused, it's going to be fun, it's going to be all about content, and that's starting with my new How I Built It membership, which I'm calling the Build Something Club. I'd love your feedback if you prefer or have ideas for a different name, but uh, the newsletter is going to be the first people to know about that, and on top of that, every week, I send a newsletter that has a story, all the content I wrote, the top takeaways from this very podcast, tool recommendations, and a lot more. It's one of my favorite things to work on each week, and it's it's very well received. So uh, if you want a very free, very weekly newsletter, you can sign up over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Now let's bring in the music. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? It's episode 199, and it's the last episode of the year, and I thought I would do something fun for this episode. Every year over on my blog at casabona.org, I round up my favorites of the year. But I've never done that in podcast form. And while the next episode I had slated for rounding out 2020 was my 2021 yearly theme, I generally don't like to make that public until I've really thought about it. And uh, the blog posts have always started on, uh, 20, on, on January 2nd of that year. So I want to keep up that tradition. And I thought that this would be a a little fun way to round out the year. If you're listening to this before Christmas, maybe it gives you some ideas uh, for a Christmas gift. But in any event, I want to tell you all about my favorite things from 2020. And if you've never read the blog posts, that's usually a book, a TV show, music, gear, software, just stuff that I discovered or used even more or consumed in some way in the year. So let's get into that. Uh, I do want to thank our sponsors for this episode. They are ConvertKit and Hostinger. You'll hear all about them later in the show. But first, let's get into my favorites of the year. I usually break this down into uh, two kind of sections, and the first is media. So first of all, I will link to previous posts uh, for this sort of thing, uh, the previous posts for my favorites in the show notes, which you can find over at howibuilt.it slash 199. And again, I break this down into uh, media favorites and tech favorites. So just to give you, uh, a, again, I, I don't know why I'm overcomplicating this. Favorites of the year is a pretty self-explanatory one. But last year, uh, my favorite gadget was the SwitchPod, and my favorite app was GoodNotes, which is super interesting because I don't really use GoodNotes that much this year, uh, and, and things like that. So anyway, let's jump into it. First, let's talk about the tech 
favorites because that's what I always start with. Uh, so my favorite gadget of the year is the Stream Deck by Elgato. Uh, I got this when I started doing more live streams. I heard a lot of people talking about it uh, from my friends Chris Lemma and Sean Hescath to uh, David Sparks over at Max Sparky and the Automators podcast and a bunch of other things. And I thought, hey, this could be a pretty fun device. And so I got the 16, 15 button. I got the 15 button Elgato Stream Deck. And several months later, I have already realized that uh, I should have gotten the bigger one. So uh, probably around the end of the year, I will be getting the Stream Deck XL, which is, I think, 32 buttons uh, because I love it. I use it so much. I do have a full blog post where I break down each screen of my Stream Deck, but uh, the first screen is generally used for controlling uh, my environment. So I have a lot of uh, ways to control my office lights. I have ways to control Zoom. I have a few buttons that will even... Uh, open and rearrange windows thanks to its great integration with keyboard maestro so for example when i'm ready to podcast i press the podcast button on my stream deck and GarageBand comes up and evernote which is where i take my show notes comes up and zoom comes up and those windows are arranged in such a way uh, that works best for me so i absolutely love that the second profile so you can create these button profiles one is the default which i just explained uh, the other is the Ecamm Live profile, and that is all of the stuff that I use during a live stream. So I can switch between different screens. I can bring my camera in and out. I can bring in guests and things like that. So uh, I'm a big fan of it. However, I, I end up switching between profiles and folders more than I'd like. So with the Stream Deck XL, I can kind of create sections of the stream deck that I can use for uh, the various profiles. And it just gives me more options to seamlessly do things. So the Elgato stream deck, big, big thumbs up for me. Uh, I'm going to definitely explore it more often uh, or more regularly and see what more I can do with it in 2021. But uh, absolutely, absolutely a big fan of the Elgato stream deck uh now there are a couple of honorable mentions usually that i like to mention for each section uh for gadget the ipad magic keyboard ranks up there because it's it is expensive but it is perfectly made for the ipad i had the bridge keyboard before that which i've always been a big fan of but uh, the magic keyboard is absolutely perfect it's good to type on uh, it floats the ipad which is pretty neat and it's very easy to unmount the iPad from the keyboard. So I find myself using my iPad in, in multiple modes more often. Uh, so that is one of the honorable mentions. The other, and I don't know if I could really say that this is an honorable mention because I just got it uh, as, as I record this. But the Kindle Oasis, I kind of impulse bought it a few days ago as of recording this. But I already find myself using it more uh, than I would like my iPad or something like that. I got it because it's small. It's light. I have like too many things that I need to carry with me already when I travel. So if I'm like at the end of one book and ready to start another, I don't want to have to carry two books with me 
Uh, it's nice to have all of the books in my library with me on this device. Uh, it's super light and it's distraction free, which is another thing, right? Because I was reading using the Kindle app on my iPad, but if I got, and yeah, there's like do not disturb or whatever, but that doesn't always work when the screen is on frustratingly. Um, and you know, the distractions are still there. If I leave my phone and my iPad in one room and I keep my Kindle in the other, then there's less likely a distraction. So Kindle Oasis, it might be too early to say it's an honorable mention for my favorites, but the first few days have been really good. Uh, and finally, I got an electric drum set this year. I've been itching to play the drums a lot, so I figured uh, what perfect time to get a drum set than right before my son was born. Uh, but it's been working out great. I've been closing my exercise rings more because of it, and it's uh, it's a fun way to kind of blow off steam and continue uh, playing the drums, which is something I've done since high school. So another fun, fun gadget that I picked up this year. Okay, the next, uh, the next category is app. Uh, my app of the year is Milanote. I've mentioned this a lot on Twitter and on my blog, but the fine folks at Milanote reached out to me and they said, hey, can we get a link on your uses page? And I said, well, I have to use it. <laughs> I have to use it and like it in order for me to add the link. They hooked me up with a free pro account. And it's been a lifesaver. I don't know what is different about Milanote than like other like Kanban boards or things like that. But Milanote really just jives with the way I think. So I have these boards for research. I have these boards for content. I keep most of my content in Airtable, which arguably could be an honorable mention, even though I've been using it for more than just this year. Uh, but the way I can organize and visualize stuff in Milanote really just jives with the way I think. And I've been a big fan of it. Uh, so I've, I've told my wife, like if, if uh, I hope the people at Milanote aren't listening, but uh, if they, you know, ever decide to like revoke my free access or whatever, I, I can't see a way I'm not paying for it because it's just, it's a great research buddy. And it's a great way for me to organize thoughts. I, uh, add links there for things I might want to have episode ideas about. I've, I am organizing my WordPress year in review project there. So like all the related stories and general ideas, it's just, it's, it's like a pin board where I could just put stuff, but then I can also organize it and like make it look nice. So really like Milanote, I would strongly recommend you check it out if uh, you haven't already. Uh, honorable mentions in this uh, in in the app category, uh, Tot, which is an app I've been using. It's basically just a quick capture app uh, that's available for both iOS and Mac OS. Uh, so that's it, you've got like seven notes. They're color coded, and basically I've been using it to capture ideas and then put it wherever I want to put it. Usually, it makes its way into Bear Notes, which is my notes app of choice, but. It's also a nice way to keep like a running list of things that I want to get done. Uh, general quotes are just, again, quick, quick capture stuff where I can write it down now and then figure out where to put it later. I know some people use drafts for that uh, and maybe drafts is better for that because uh, it supports markdown a little better and it supports shortcuts a lot better. But 
Uh, Tot's a nice little app. Plus, it's got like a, a a menu bar icon, so it's I can easily access it from there. Again, Drafts has that, but I've been I've been digging on uh, Tot a lot. Uh, the the other app, not really an app, but it's still software, is iOS 14. They introduced widgets, and I love widgets. I've wanted widgets since the day I switched from Android. And I got to say, I'm really happy with the way they work. I get information at a glance. I've been checking out more of my photos because I use the photo widget. And they do a good job of, of nicely surfacing photos you haven't looked at in a while or photos from a specific day. So uh, it's it's been great. I really, I really like the widgets in iOS 14. And uh, it looks even nicer on the iPhone 12 Pro Max, which is... Oh, uh... A little bit bigger screen-wise, so it, it, it looks nice. I like it. Uh, and then there's there's one more honorable mention, and that is Ecamm Live. Ecamm Live is streaming software that I decided to pay for, I think, in October uh, because I want to do more live streams. I've been doing more live streams and webinars and things like that. And I was using OBS, and I felt like I was fighting... OBS a lot. And so I finally bit the bullet and did a trial of Ecamm Live. And you know what? It's great. I can easily connect my iOS devices and share the screen there. Uh, it in easily integrates with things like Twitch and YouTube and other anything that supports the streaming protocol. Um, and then you can just do regular recordings. I've been recording my courses through Ecamm Live and then sending the files to my editor for him to edit. And it's Again, I've been a big fan of it. The ability to seamlessly switch between scenes, bring my face in and out means that there's less editing time for my videos uh, and it makes my live streams a little bit more dynamic. So I'm a big fan of Ecamm Live as well. Uh, but Milanote is, Milanote probably just beats out Ecamm Live and it's because I use Milanote every single day. Uh, whereas Ecamm Live, I use it a few times a week when I need to stream. But uh, so so that is that is my apps stuff. Um, Milanote gets app of the year or my favorite app of the year, I should say. I'm not giving out awards, uh, but Tot iOS 14 and Ecamm Live were really good, really good. All right, let's take a quick break for our first sponsor. This episode is brought to you by ConvertKit, and I am so excited to have them as a sponsor. Look, you've heard me talk about ConvertKit for multiple years at this point. They have helped me transform my business. I can say they're an email list or a newsletter manager Maybe that's the best way to describe them, but I don't think so. They're a bit more than that. ConvertKit gives you everything you need to build and communicate with your audience. ConvertKit's free plan helps entrepreneurs like you and like me turn our side hustles into a full-time career by growing our audience, promoting our businesses, and building a meaningful relationship with our audience in a fraction of the time it used to take. And I, I can absolutely vouch for this. Uh, ConvertKit has helped me understand my audience much better than any tool 
I've ever used. Uh, you can showcase your products and upcoming projects by building custom landing pages in minutes, saving time to help you focus on taking your business to the next level. You can even point a custom domain to that landing page. That way you have a website that will build your audience in no time at all. You don't have to worry about buying hosting or installing a CMS. You build a page, you point the domain, ConvertKit takes care of it. ConvertKit's email designer helps you create beautiful, simple emails that help build your brainchild into a brand. Plus, they give you the ability to create different audiences, which means that you can personalize email. Deliver just what your audience needs. I've been using ConvertKit for years and I know my audience better thanks to them. I make money thanks to them. And I save money thanks to them because their full feature set means that there are tools I don't need to pay for that I would otherwise need to pay for. ConvertKit helps entrepreneurs earn a living by evolving their side hustle with tools to help sell products and grow their business. You can sign up for a free account today by going to convertkit.com slash built. That's convertkit.com slash built, B-U-I-L-T. Grow your audience and grow your business. Thanks to ConvertKit for supporting this show. Okay, so up next on this tour of uh, my favorites of 2020 is thing I learned. This is pretty nebulous, right? Because this is this could be like, did I take an online course that I really loved? Or did I learn some sort of new skill that helps me do my job better? And this year I picked, again, the nebulous. Uh, I learned how to hire more. So I think something that a lot of small business owners like me and likely like you, struggle with is where do we spend our money to save us time? I know that parting with money can be very hard, especially in a year where there's some economic uncertainty. But I made the decision to hire more people to do things that I don't necessarily need to do. Uh, so I've already been paying a editor to edit these episodes, at least the ones where it's not just me talking. Uh, I have hired a transcriber to transcribe my episodes. Hi, Evelyn. Um, but I was still doing too much. I think one perfect example of this is hiring a video editor. Now, I am fully capable of editing videos, I actually do it professionally. Uh, I worked with my friends Sean and Brian last year at 101 Videos where we recorded and edited videos. Uh, I still edit my own YouTube videos and people hire me to create instructional videos for them. But when I looked at how long or where I was spending my time in my own courses, I would outline the course. I would learn or tighten up some of the things I was doing uh, to make sure I was communicating them properly. I would script large parts of the course. Anything that wasn't a screencast got scripted. Uh, and anything that was a screencast, I basically rehearsed. Uh, and then I recorded. 
And then the video editing process took probably 30 to 40% of the project's overall time. Because even though I edit a lot of videos, I'm not particularly good at them. Um, I'm not great. You know, there are some things I do to improve my process and the screencast thing is, is a little bit easier for me, but like talking head videos, I want to make sure I'm cutting it the right way. I want to make sure the audio sounds good and the color correction is done anyway. So I finally decided to hire a video editor this year and you know what? He, he does what I would do in a fraction of the time for a fraction of the course. So then, or a, a fraction of the price rather. Uh, so then I could use that time to promote my course or create more content or a bevy of other things that help me move towards selling more courses. So I think that was something important I finally realized this year as I was, I was losing work days, right? I know a lot of people in the pandemic said they had a lot more time on their hands I didn't because we kept, you know, my daughter's daycare closed and we've kept her home since. And on the days my wife goes to work, I'm, I'm dad. I'm not working those days. So, uh, I lost work days. Um, and so I needed to, to make up for it in some way and hiring, hiring the video editor. His name is Fred. He's great. Was a, a really great decision. The other thing I did was hire a virtual assistant. That's much more recent, but she has already proved to be fantastic. I was basically sitting at my dining room table on a Saturday morning, uh, like trying to get something done while I achieved the, I think the best thing a parent of two kids can achieve, which is simultaneous nap time. But I was like, I felt like I was working against the clock. And I was more stressed about trying to get the task done than I was about anything else, right? Uh, and I'm like, oh, am I going to get this done before they wake up? Like, you shouldn't, I shouldn't live like that where I'm like stressed to do what is essentially a simple research task. And I also shouldn't be like upset if my kids wake up from their nap before I want them to. Those are two unhealthy things. And I solved that by hiring a virtual assistant. So uh, she does a lot of the research stuff that I would otherwise do. And again, she frees up a lot of my time. I am wading my way into the waters of virtual assistance. Um, but I, I really believe in 2021, I'm going to utilize her for even more stuff. So like I'm still handling the outreach, right? I haven't really given her access to my email or anything like that yet. Uh, or like my accounting, but I can see based on her level of comfort, I can see me handing those tasks off to her. So learning to hire more. I wrote a blog post about that too, that I'll link to in the show notes over at how I built it slash one nine nine. But I think that I'm getting over that mental hurdle frees me up for a lot of important things that I can do in my business, even with less time, because to be honest, as we go into 2021, um, my wife's a healthcare worker, so she'll get the vaccine sooner than most maybe, but I'm not going to, my kids aren't going to, and I, I'm just not comfortable sending my kids to daycare yet. 
and my daughter's going to be in actual school come next September. So uh, I'll probably be working reduced hours, you know, for um, for the foreseeable future. But with with a good team in place, I don't feel like my business is suffering because of it. So that's the that's the thing that I learned. Um, a couple of uh, a couple of um, honorable mentions is uh, a book I read called Marketing Made Simple helped me. Uh, I guess this will get mentioned twice because it'll get mentioned in the book section too, but it helped me clarify my message a little bit more. You know, I'm, I'm still trying to do this the right way where I'm not just saying like, Hey, this is really good. If you need it, you should have it. And, and shifting my messaging to, Hey, I know your problem. I know your problem and I have the solution for it. So marketing made simple helped me with that. Uh, and then just PR outreach in general, speaking of hiring, I, I hired, uh, a PR consultant. Her name is Brittany Lynn, and she's like an absolute delight. Uh, I'll link to her in the show notes as well. Um, and I, I hired her for a couple of hours to help me figure out who I should be talking to and where to find those people. And let me tell you, it was money well spent because I feel energized about the new niche that I'm I'm working towards. I'm reaching out to a lot more people to try to get my messaging in front of different audiences, people who are maybe more likely to hire me for the services uh, that I'm selling, more people who are likely to buy the courses I'm selling. Uh, so so that was great. I learned a lot uh, hiring Brittany, and uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. So there you go. Thing I learned, how to hire more, and then the honorable mentions, honing my messaging a little bit, and PR outreach. So those are all of my tech favorites, though I, I guess thing I learned isn't really a tech favorite. That's more like a business favorite. Um, but that traditionally, it's always been a tech favorite because it's like some language I learned or some technical aspect of podcasting and I didn't do a lot of that this year. Um, I, I, not that I coded less. I, I, you know, I, well, I mean, I definitely did code less, but um, I just, I've focused a lot more on the business this year. Like I want to, I am in the fourth year, like I hit, I hit three years of self-employment in June. So I'm in the fourth year and I really want to make this work appropriately we have two kids now, so I, I want to make sure I'm running the business as, as well as possible. So, moving into media favorites. Uh, there are a couple of categories for media favorites. Book, TV, show, music, and movie, and podcast. So, those are the five categories. Uh, I'll also talk about some some related things that I'm excited about going into 2020, 2021. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that's, that's the media section that we'll get into. But before we do that, I do want to tell you about our second sponsor for this episode, and that's Hostinger. This episode is brought to you by Hostinger. Hosting is a dime a dozen these days, with lots of places claiming to be optimized for platforms like WordPress while also being affordable. But you know what? They don't deliver. A, a real-time follow-up here 
is my one of my hosting companies, one of my shared hosting companies that claim to offer affordable hosting, uh, really biffed one of my staging sites recently. And uh, I'm a little annoyed about it. And so I'm, I'm happy to have other options I can use like Hostinger because Hostinger does deliver on that promise. I recently started using them for a personal project and I was blown away by how easy the setup process was and how affordable their packages are. In some cases, just a few dollars a month. They offer the best price to quality ratio I've seen in this field, in this kind of vertical. Uh, and I've used a ton of hosting companies. Their dashboard is well-designed and easy to use. They offer a free domain and SSL certification and they're optimized for WordPress. That's music to my ears. When I set up my site, I was happy to see that they put some real thought into the WordPress setup process. Buying a domain was easy. Then you pick a template and they set up the site for you in mere minutes. Plus they use Astra for all of their site templates with an assist from Elementor. So they use Astra for their site templates using Elementor as well. Uh, so I know the site's going to be fast and performant. Plus they have caching and you can very affordably add on Cloudflare for a CDN. Between that, daily backups and being able to manage WordPress plugins without having to log into the WordPress dashboard, I'm sold. If you're looking for affordable hosting for that side project that you're working on or for your main business, uh, that is fast, secure, and optimized for WordPress, Hostinger is it. Head over to hostinger.com slash Joe to see what plans they offer. I recommend either the business shared plan or the word, the managed WordPress business plan, uh, and use the code Joe all one word at checkout for an additional discount. That's hostinger.com slash Joe and the code Joe at checkout. Thanks so much to Hostinger for supporting this show. Okay, so let's talk about my media favorites, starting with book. Last year's book was an easy one. It was educated by Tara Westover. I read like 27 books last year, so I thought the, edu uh, I thought the competition would be stiff, but educated was too good. And the same thing kind of happened this year. Now, we're not at the end of the year yet. I set a goal of 20 books for 2020. I have read 13 and I'm counting the one I wrote. That counts, right? I think it counts. I read the book. I wrote the book. So I know all of the words in it. Uh, but the second, the first, the first or second book I read this year was The Ride of a Lifetime by Bob Iger, Robert Iger as he's credited on, on the book. Um, uh, the former CEO of Disney, and then when the pandemic hit, uh, he uh, uh, decided to like stay on and, and help with, help, you know, Disney navigate through the pandemic. Um, but I truly, truly enjoyed this book. I loved Bob's insight and candor. Uh, I loved getting a behind the scenes look at Disney's acquisitions of which there were many. Uh, and I, I loved his storytelling. So uh, this was my, this was my favorite book of the year. It's been listed as my favorite book of the year since I started the running list so that I wouldn't suffer from like the recency effect, right? Like 
uh, if I was just picking now, I'd probably say like the current book I'm reading is my favorite. But I wanted this to be uh, a good, true to the year list. And so I started it in January. Ride of a Lifetime was the first book I added to my favorites list for this year. And it and it remained there all year. Uh, I want to contrast this with another book I, I read from a, a CEO in 2019 called that will never work uh by mark randolph he's the uh, the founder of netflix and i was trying to figure out what made bob's story so much better than mark's and it's that bob would say something he did and then relate it back to the the kind of theme flowing throughout the book which was lessons he learned and uh, and how he learned them and how it can relate to other leaders. Where Mark's book was essentially just like reliving the good old days. Um, it was full of hubris and, and forced puns. And I really didn't like it. And then it ended at Netflix's IPO, which was in 2002. So we didn't even get any insight into making the switch to streaming. So like I just... Bob's book, I thought, was really well written. It's my favorite of the year. Uh, there are a few honorable mentions. Uh, one was Marketing Made Simple, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, the other that I had written down was Dooku Jedi Lost. Uh, I just love Star Wars and the Expanded Universe, and I thought this book, this was an audio book. I also counted audio books in my list, like that counts, right? Um, but this was an audio book. I thought it was really well done. I loved getting a backstory on Count Dooku and how talented he was and how uh, what Yoda was like as a uh, a Jedi, uh, a master to a Padawan. Uh, we got insight into Qui-Gon being a Padawan and, and just a lot of really great backstory stuff. So big fan of that. Uh, I, I enjoyed that book. If you like Star Wars, I suspect you will too. That was the honorable mention uh, for my favorite of 2020. Okay, so TV show time. TV show time. Let me tell you, usually TV shows and me are uh, not, we're a bad fit. I always end up watching the same TV shows and they are Friends, Scrubs, Parks and Rec, 30 Rock, and How I Met Your Mother. And I usually just watch them over and over again. But we are in a golden era, a golden age of television. Uh, and this year, there was a lot of good television, despite the pandemic kind of putting a pause on a lot of things. You might think I'm going to pick The Mandalorian, uh, but it's going to get honorable mention again. Uh, <laughs> because uh, last year, I got honorable mention as well. Um, the Mandalorian was something that I thought for sure was going to get picked because I also this year watched Clone Wars and Rebels because I knew that there would be more tie-ins to the Mandalorian. I'm very glad I watched those. I used my pandemic time to watch those uh, and I watched them with my daughter. So that was like a fun bonding experience for us. She, of course, loves Ahsoka because who doesn't? Um, but my favorite TV show of the year is Ted Lasso. Because it was so surprising. <laughs> like, I heard nothing about this show, and then all of a sudden, everybody was talking about it. 
and it's on Apple TV Plus, I would I would honestly recommend you just get Apple TV Plus for Ted Lasso. It's so funny, but it also like punches you in the gut. It reminds me a lot of Scrubs, which makes perfect sense because Bill Lawrence is a producer on uh, Ted Lasso as well. And Zach Braff has even directed at least one episode. Uh, I can't say enough. It's, Ted Lasso is like funny and emotional and it's feel good and you're immediately invested in his story from the beginning. It's the kind of feel good story that we needed in a year like 2020. And I am so excited to see what happens in the next season. Uh, so I absolutely, absolutely loved Ted Lasso. Uh, I even got like halfway through and and like implored my wife to start watching it with me. So I, I watched it. I started over for her. Uh, and, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad we got to watch it together because it's, gosh, it's just so good. Um, honorable mention, The Mandalorian has been incredible. Uh, and Star Wars, Clone Wars, and Rebels. Uh, I mean, I, I like, they're like a couple of years. I guess Rebels is still relatively recent, but Clone Wars ended like several years ago. Um, so I'm, but I am glad I watched those before watching The Mandalorian because there's a lot of context uh or like you don't need it to watch the mandalorian but it certainly helps uh as a quick aside here i am super duper excited disney had their investor call recently as as i record this and they announced a whole slew of great looking content including obi-wan kenobi uh, ahsoka is getting her own kind of mini series uh, and then a new animated series called The Bad Batch, which is like the spiritual successor of Clone Wars. So, uh, like I said just moments ago, I love the Star Wars Expanded Universe, and Disney is going all the way in on it. And that's super duper exciting. So, but if you're not as into Star Wars as I am, uh, definitely, definitely check out Ted Lasso if you haven't. It's so good. Okay, music. Uh, so I usually defer to Spotify's Wrapped for music, which means this year my music uh, number one was First to Eleven. They are uh, a relatively young uh, band out in Allegheny County, I think, uh, in Pennsylvania, which is about five hours from where I live. If you're wondering if they're like local to me, they're not. Um, and I discovered them. I mean, th so this is crazy because they, I only really listen to their cover songs. I don't know how much original work they have, but I like their covers. I think they're a talented group of kids. Um, and I love, love, love cover songs. So I listened, according to Spotify, I listened to them the most. Um, if we're picking like artists that I listened to a lot with original music that I liked the best, uh, I would I would have to say uh, Louis Capaldi tops that list for me this year. Um, so Louis Capaldi writes a lot of sad songs, uh, but I like them. Uh, actually, Someone You Loved was my most listened to song of the year. Uh, Someone You Loved by Louis Capaldi, followed by Someone You Loved as covered by First to Eleven. So... Um, I love Spotify's wrapped feature. I can't believe they've been doing it for however long they've been doing it for. It's like, it feels like so long. 
Um, but uh, I think they did a great job. So I'm just there. We go. I just I just opened it up to see uh, to get the actual numbers, which I guess I could have done, or I could cut this part out. But I'm I'm not going to do that. Um, what I think is interesting about uh, this the Spotify Wrapped feature is that first of all it is in the um it's in the app only right uh it's it's no longer on the website uh but it also is very similar to like Instagram stories um so i'm i'm wondering if there i there's a rumor that they're going to be rolling that out so um yeah like my my top artists of 2020 are first to eleven, Blink One Eighty Two, Lewis Capaldi, The Beatles, and Andrea Bocelli. So there you go. That's my top music for this year. Movie. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of movies this year. I watched a lot of TV. I don't go to the movies a lot generally, uh, but Hamilton has to take it this year. The uh, the movie came out on Disney Plus around the 4th of July. And I loved the musical. My wife and I saw the musical to celebrate our one-year wedding anniversary. I listened to the soundtrack for about a solid two years before that. Um, so getting to see it with the original cast, the way that they did it, with all the up-close visuals and the stagecraft, uh, Hamilton was was number one. Uh I am super de duper excited for what's coming next year again because HBO Max and Warner Brothers have announced that for 30 days after uh, during the theatrical release of each movie they're putting out this year, starting with uh, in 2021, but starting with Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas Day, um, it's going to be on HBO Max with your membership. Uh, for 30 days. So I suspect I will be watching a lot more movies in 2021 uh, because I don't have to find a babysitter, pick a movie to go to, find the right date. How bad do I want to see this? We can just watch one on a Friday night. Uh, and I will also be excited because it was a longstanding tradition for me and my brothers uh, in our adult lives to go to the movies on Christmas Day. Um, because, you know, we were adults, it was pretty low key Christmas and it was a way for all four of us to hang out. And so I'm excited to see a new movie on Christmas Day. Uh, slightly different. Maybe I'll simulcast it with my brothers. But uh, yeah, so I'm excited for that. I hope that other movie makers follow suit. I I don't suspect Disney will in the same way. They might do what they did for Mulan, which was like an upcharge, which if I want to see the movie bad enough, I would pay the upcharge. So uh, there you go. My favorite movie of the year was Hamilton. Uh, and then podcast. Last year, my favorite podcast was Upgrade. Uh, and it it's tough for me because I, I didn't really start listening to a lot of new podcasts this year. Uh, I listened to 13 Minutes to the Moon, which I thought was super interesting. Uh, I've a hot dog is a sandwich by mythical media, which is Rhett and link. Uh, well, it's not Rhett and link on the show, but uh, it's that same group of folks. Um, and I've listened to the 538 podcast a lot more. 
You know what? Actually, I'm calling an audible right now. I was going to say Upgrade Plus is my favorite podcast of this year, which is the members only version of Upgrade. But I have gotten a lot of joy from listening to advisory opinions. So that is I'm actually you'll be able to hear it right here. Where's podcast advisory opinions? Uh, I've been enjoying this. It is by Sarah Isger and David French of the dispatch which is a great news outlet in my opinion um and they are both uh familiar with the law i believe they're both lawyers um david french was a jag lawyer uh for some time and uh and then sarah isger is so familiar with the law that i can't imagine she's not a lawyer but i've just never confirmed that um but uh, I mean, yeah, she's a Harvard law grad. So yeah, she is a uh, she is also a lawyer and they provide just such incredible insight into law, the law of the land, uh, Supreme Court hearings, their analysis. It was a crazy year for the Supreme Court uh, and their analysis and their look, I think, is very, very objective um, and they make it very clear when it's not objective, but I have learned a ton from them this year. And so if you are interested in all the legal goings ons here in America, uh, I think that, uh, advisory opinions by Sarah Isger, uh, with host Sarah Isger and David French is just fantastic. I, I, I think they are uh, honest they understand the law really well they're like nerds about the supreme court and and hearing um their passion come through on the show doesn't make it like a, a, a just a like a dry look at the law so i'm calling an audible here honorable mention to upgrade plus and connected pro because i think that their members only sections are really great but advisory opinions is my favorite podcast of 2020 so with that that's everything uh, a quick rundown i guess if i can remember everything now uh is my favorite gadget is the elgato stream deck my favorite app is milanote thing i learned is hiring more uh, book was the ride of a lifetime by bob Iger. tv show is ted lasso movie is hamilton Music was a toss-up between First to Eleven and Lewis Capaldi, and podcast was advisory opinions. What were your favorites of 2020? Let me know by tweeting at me, at jcasabona. Uh, there will be links to all of the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 199. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I wanted something fun and lighthearted to end the year with. Uh, thanks so much to our sponsors, ConvertKit and Hostinger. To learn more about them and to sign up for that fantastic newsletter I mentioned at the top of the show, you can head over to howibuilt.it slash 199. Thanks so much for listening, and until next year, get out there and build something. <laughs>